Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. What a good day today. Had uh, Wayne Larvey on in the first hour of the program. If you missed it, you can uh, go back and check it out on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts as soon as the show culminates. Uh, we are back up and running on the live stream, and thanks to everybody in the live stream for being patient. It wasn't us. Uh, just an FYI, it was the streaming service, apparently. Uh, Restream had an issue with their uh, with their server, and they sent us a notification early today about 9, and I wasn't sure if we'd make it. But uh, nevertheless, um, we're back up and running. So that's the good news. Uh, You've got day one of Wild Card Week. Day one of Wild Card Week, and we've got an announcement to make. Yes. Uh, So I got to give credit, and I got to scroll here real quick. And uh, this is Jeffrey. Jeffrey said last night on the live stream, he said, Hey, Bill, uh, we're coming to town next weekend. Where is your watch watch party going to be? We would love to join you to watch the Packers game and check out the Green and Gold postgame show. Jeffrey, uh, we put it out to about five or six different places. There was more than a few that wanted it. But I had gotten a great suggestion for like if uh, because they don't serve food. So I said, hey, if you want to bring in some food from out around the area, that's fine. And support a lot of local business, downtown Waukesha. So we're going to go and do the show. We're going to do the watch party at Nice Ash. Down at the cigar bar. Now it's not going to be packed, so we're not going to, you know, have to worry about smoke or anything like that. But if you want to smoke a cigar, great. Hopefully, it's a victory cigar. And I'll tell you this: I'll tell you this. If the Packers win, if the Packers win, I will have a box of victory cigars for everybody. All right, I will. So if you're going to come on down, if the Packers win, I'll get, I'll pull out the box of victory cigars from this private stash downstairs. I'll do that. Um, but. I am even going to bring uh, along uh, the delicacy from Cincinnati that is the Skyline Chili. I'm going to bring about uh, 30 hot dogs and buns and all that kind of stuff with us. And you can do some conies and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to make a little food for that, too. So there you go. So we're going to do a watch party. Uh, Maybe throw some food out. If you want to bring something, bring something you can order from around the area. That way we support a lot of the local businesses. We can support People's Park. We can support Jimmy's Grotto, which is right down the street, and get some Panzeratas. Oh, I'm just – I started thinking about it. I thought this is a great way to go. Uh, I talked to Joette this morning, the owner, and she's like, let's do this. So we're going to support the business – local businesses, downtown Waukesha. We're going to support downtown Waukesha, and we're going to do the live show. Uh, the Green and Gold Postgame Show, live down at uh, the Nice Ash Cigar Bar in Waukesha. So we got nothing, nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. Nothing at all. So this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. So we're going to do it. Going to do it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Jeff, you can say hot dogs. You don't know what you're talking about. That's all you heard. Sometimes you need to pull your fingers out of your ears or your head out of your ass to listen to what I actually say before you go, hot dogs, really? You don't even know what you're talking about. I said, conies, you don't know what you're talking about. Look it up. Find it. But don't say hot dogs. And don't go, this is broad country. You sound like an idiot. Okay? Just so you know. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. we got uh, coming up bottom of the hour, i got Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette. It's going to be here. Uh, we're going to talk with him. This one's from Greg. Greg says the Packers played great yesterday. To what level are they going to have to play to beat Dallas? Um, Greg, they're going to have to play. You know, we can talk about amping it up and playing this perfect game. Look, just play your game. Just play your game, man. Uh, like Wayne Larvey said a little bit earlier, the big matchup's going to be who's going to take on C.D. Lamb. 
is Jair going to be up to the task of taking on C.D. Lamb? The, the Packers have played more man coverage as of late, and I've liked it. I've liked it. I've liked what I've seen. And the best thing about the Packers, now you hope that this doesn't go away, but the best thing about the Packers over the last couple of weeks specifically has been the fact that they have been more fundamentally sound as a tackling football team than they had been pretty much all season long. Quay Walker, uh, Rashawn, Rashawn Gary twice yesterday. I was impressed. One time he got beat on the edge, but twice yesterday he held the edge when normally he's crashing down. Held the edge. Forced Justin Fields up, ended up getting sucked up and, and hit by the uh, safety, or at the time uh, around uh, Devondre Campbell picked him up, but or uh, Quay Walker picked him up. But yesterday set the edge. And there were some fundamental things that he didn't get credit for Rashawn Gary. You don't get credit for setting the edge. You don't get a stat for setting the edge. But when you play fundamentally sound football and the 111, as they say, it, it, it all works. And you're starting to see that. And maybe this is the time of year where guys are starting to buy in a little bit more. You know? But they don't need to elevate their game and play this spectacular game. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, keep calling the plays the same way. Keeping motion. Keeping them off guard. You know, keep pounding the football. The The Dallas Cowboys are not great at stuffing the run. They're not a big-time run-stuffing football team by any stretch of the imagination. So there's a lot of different things that the Packers can do. That maybe, sure, they can do better. But for the most part, just play your game. Just play your game. Um, you know, contain Dak Prescott. Don't let, him get, don't let him scramble. Don't let him move. Because it's the off-script plays that he's been, been really good at, specifically over the last three, four weeks. So don't let him get outside. Don't let him give you the off script and then kind of go from there. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Look, it's, you're, you're going down to see Mike McCarthy, you know, can you get over, put it this way. How ironic would it be if the Packers went into Dallas and got the win and busted Dallas's home winning streak? And I'm not wishing anybody to get fired. Okay. That's uh, not at all. Right. But how many times have we seen the Green Bay Packers beat somebody and that head coach loses their job? Because for a while there, there was a run where the Packers towards the end of seasons were just killing off coaches, you know? So wouldn't it be ironic if the Packers were the one that ultimately cost Mike McCarthy his job? Did you see Jerry Jones' quote last night? No. Uh, This is from Pro Football Talk, so it's with a little framing for the quote, but the quote is the quote. It's, uh, asked Coach uh, When asked about Coach Mike McCarthy's future with the team, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says, quote, we'll see how each game goes. <laughs> right? That's so Jerry in other Jones. Words, in other words, I have an expectation. This is not about just getting to the postseason. And he's right. It's not about just getting to the postseason. It is about getting to the postseason and winning. I think Jerry expects his team, the way they're playing, to get to a Super Bowl. It, win it or not, they got to get to a Super Bowl. I think that's kind of where the – now, here's the other thing, and Jerry's right in the sense of uh, we'll see how it goes. What happens if the bad Dak Prescott shows up? Forcing the football uh, into areas he shouldn't, trying to do too much, trying to take it upon himself and just throws picks all over the place. That's not Mike's fault. That's, that's not Mike's fault at all. But if you've got a defense that gets dump trucked and if you've got an offense that gets stymied, and they, they can't move the football, and Dak's bad, and guys aren't open, and they're not being, quote, schemed open. 
then yeah, I could see Mike being out of a job. But if if the bad Dak shows up, what do you do? You can't fault Mike Mike McCarthy for that. We can just say that Dak Prescott is and always has been and always will be a guy that chokes in some of the biggest moments in the postseason. Dak Prescott is always, and I've always said he's a guy that's going to get you from point A to point B, but when it comes to getting to the next level, he just he, he doesn't do it. Maybe this is the year that he's matured. Maybe this is the year that he, because he, he did come into the season saying, I will not be the same Dak and turning the football over. And he hasn't been. He's been very, very good. And had it not been for Lamar Jackson pretty much wrapping up the MVP race, Chances are Dak probably wins the MVP chase. Dak probably wins an MVP this year. He's played at that level. He's been re- really, really good. But I don't know that 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 Dak gets, you know, when it comes to the postseason, that he's going to get the, the postseason MVP nod because this is where he's traditionally choked. He can get you to the postseason, but it's getting deep into the postseason or to a Super Bowl that he's given it up. So, But then again, last year you face a team in, in San Francisco that – they had everybody pretty much healthy on the defensive side of the football, and they got after him, and they put him under all kinds of pressure. And he had nowhere to go, and their offensive line wasn't nearly as good. And, you know, they've, they've had injuries on the offensive front, and he just he, he looked terrible. He looked like a deer in the headlights. Played awful football. So if the Packers can get after him, maybe, just maybe, you can force a couple of turnovers, and if you do, you got a legitimate shot at winning. And I that, that's – if I had to say, what are my predictions for the Packers to win this game, to need to win this game? Uh, offensively, you've got to have the same type of performance. You're probably going to have to throw for anywhere from 275 to 300 yards, at least three touchdowns. You're going to have to get a turnover or two, not give up the football, but get a turnover or two from the Cowboys, and be able to run with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Emmanuel Wilson. Uh, you're going to have to have those guys most likely – uh, run for 135, 140 yards. I mean, you're going to have to be looking for about close to 400 yards of total offense. And and you're going to have to keep Dallas to under 300 yards. If you can do that, then your chance is going to win the game. Otherwise, I think Dallas wins this game. There's Dallas is strong in just about every area. Uh, they're strong at quarterback. Uh, their offensive line is good. They're not great, but they're good. Their wide receiving core, specifically led by C.D. Lamb, they do have an out, outstanding wide receiver in C.D. Lamb. The Packers kind of spread it around to everybody, whereas C.D. Lamb is the guy. If you can take him out of this game, this is where Bill Belichick would be strong because Bill Belichick is a guy that says, okay, we're going to take that guy out and we're going to level the playing field and then you're going you're gonna to have to beat us. And that's kind of the mentality going into this contest is, do you bracket coverage C.D. Lamb and just go with him anywhere and everywhere? That might be what I would do. Until until it doesn't work, that might be what I would do. And then then just kinda kinda go from there. But, you know, I, I'm not overly uh I mean they have Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks and stuff. Absolutely, I get it. Uh Jake Ferguson, we all know Jake Ferguson. He's still an incredibly talented tight end, can move the sticks, move the chains for you. Uh I'm not a big Tony Pollard guy, their run game is not great by any stretch, so you can probably beat him in the run game if you want to go toe-to-toe. Aaron Jones, I think, is by far better than Tony Pollard. He's got a better, quicker first step. He's more elusive. He's got a good jump cut, and he's, he's a strong little – what I said yesterday, he's a little guy, but he's a, a, a bad mofo. If you watched during the two or three scrums that broke out yesterday – with the Bears, the first guy into the scrum was Aaron Jones. Every time, 
Watch the scrums. Watch Aaron Jones get in there. He got in there. He's just – he's the leader. He's not going to allow Jordan Love to do it because you don't put your quarterback into the scrums. He was the first guy to jump into some of those things. So I, I was like, man, this there's, – there's a level of leadership and quality to Aaron Jones that you just you, – you can't make up. You can't just say, hey, we're going to replace him with somebody else. Uh, and Aaron Jones traditionally has always been banged up and missed a couple of games in his career. This year was a little bit different because he started off the season with a hamstring injury. Um, you do need another running back, but I don't know that there's a lot of people that are like, wow, we're going to get rid of him. He's on the other side of 30. I don't – you could probably go till 32, 33 before you really have to think about cutting him loose. There might be another deal in there to hang on to Aaron Jones for a couple more years, for a year or two. But uh, beyond that, yeah, you know, yeah, there's some older guys on this team. But you can't go all young and expect to win. You have to have veterans. You have to. I don't and, know. Go ahead. On Aaron Jones, I was just going to say before we move on, I don't know how much longer he's going to be a Packer, but his Packer legacy, in my opinion, and I tweeted this last night, was boosted so much the last three. I thought what he did, he had 127 yards against Carolina, 120 against Minnesota, and then yesterday, 22 carries for 111 without A.J. Dillon. What a right. cool chapter in his Packers book. I don't, I don't know how much longer he's here, but I will remember what he did yesterday uh, for a long time. Like, that was such a boost to his Packers legacy. And it's just yep. one regular season game, I know, but I thought that was so cool. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Buck. Buck says, uh, hey, Bill, what do you think of Rasheed Walker at the left tackle? We found our left tackle. I think... I, it, look, you can't ever have too many tackles, but Rasheed Walker has been impressive. You give him you you give him credit for what he's been able to do. Absolutely, do I? He's not David Bakhtiari level, no, but I think he's still very very good. Absolutely. So, do I have a concern about that going in? No, I don't. But I I think the Packers have certainly found their guy, for the time being. Unless until you find somebody better, yes, I believe the Packers have found their guy. And, and the nice thing about Rasheed Walker playing left tackle the way he is right now is the fact that you you now don't have a desperate need for that going into the draft or into the free agent market. You, you're not sitting there going, "Oh my God, I, boy, we got to bolster this offensive line tremendously." Now it's just about picking up pieces that are best available at that time. That's it. So that's where you kind of feel good about it. Bottom of the hour, we've got Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Hang in there. We've got that coming up. We've got a whole lot more. Don't forget the watch party. The Green Eagle Watch Party is going to take place at the Nice Ash Cigar Bar. We're going to have fine bourbons and whiskeys and beverages and such flowing. A little bit of food down there. You can order it in from all over the place if you want to. 323 West Main Street coming up downtown Waukesha this weekend, and that will be the place that the Green and Gold postgame show emanates live from. Grant, you going to come to that? Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon in Waukesha? Sunday I afternoon. I don't see why. I never have plans. I never have anything going on. Might as well. Yeah. Got to watch the game yeah. anyways. You got nothing going on, man. Come on down. Because I don't know. I didn't know if you were going to be in town or not, if you and Rachel were going to be out and about, but Kristen's going to be there hanging out, and some of her friends are coming by, so... Yeah, we're going to be there for the Green and Gold Watch Party. So if you nothing going on, come on by. Let's do this. We're going to step up, take a quick break, then we'll come back. we got Eric Branchek coming up here in about 10 minutes. Stay right where Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down. 
Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. Kicking it. Glad to have you on this uh, Monday. It is Wild Card Week. We are glad you are here. Thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate you being here. Packers getting ready now to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Guys back in today looking at film and then uh, tomorrow off and then back at it on Wednesday. And don't forget the Green and Gold Watch Party is going to be for this contest upcoming. It's going to be live from the nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. So if you're in the area, Milwaukee, Waukesha, Racine, Kenosha counties, Washington County, uh, anywhere nearby, come on out. But if you want to come from anywhere around the state, come on by and say hello. We're going to be down there Sunday, 3.30 is when kickoff uh, gets underway. The Green and Gold postgame show is going to emanate live from there as well afterwards, and hopefully we're talking about a Packers win. But they're playing with house money at this at this point, man. Just just give – I think a lot of us are just saying, yeah, give us, give us a good showing. Give us a good showing. That would be it. Give us a good showing. So, uh, so that's what we're kind of hoping for. Uh, 877-867-1670. Bottom of the hour, we got uh, Eric Branchick of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him. Uh, about what he saw yesterday. Let's go to uh, back to the phone calls. Let's talk to buddy L in Philadelphia. L, what's going on, man? How you feeling today? Awesome, awesome. It's, it's, so, it's just so crazy how different uh, the difference of a year makes. We're here, like I'm in Philadelphia, and how they had championship aspirations, you know, from last year and everything, and then now they're stretching it down. Meanwhile, we're on the up, considering how things ended with us last year. It's just amazing. It's a great feeling, man. It really is. Yep, I would have 100% agree, and, and really didn't see this coming. Uh, the way the mid portion of the season went, I didn't see this coming. No, nah, me neither. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, um, I've always been on the Jordan Love uh, bandwagon. I never got off of that, but at the same time, us making the playoffs, um, it was uh, definitely uh, something I de- definitely didn't see down the end of the pipe. But I'm glad we're here. Like you say, man, we playing with house money. We could just go out and just have an impressive showing. I mean, we don't have to necessarily – I don't have any expectations other than, you know, at least making it a competitive game. And if we win, then, hey, we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm just so proud of these dudes, man. Um, I don't care if uh, if Ray Nisky comes back from the grave. Wisney still needs to go at the end of the season. Right. I'm not falling for this fool's gold. For these, this, if anything, this is proving that why he's incompetent because you have the talent to be able to stop these teams. And when you finally play man-to-man defense on third down, close up and, you know, in their face like you're supposed to, you get stops. You get sacks. Stuff, positive stuff happens. When you're 10 yards off the receiver and you just let the guy run by and then you got some complicated zone, that's when they get, they, you know, that's when they hit you with the 1,000 cuts. But I'm glad that somebody probably talked to him and said, hey, man, you got the personnel to man up these guys. Man up and just see what happens, and then we're being successful. And let's just see how long it rides out. But I didn't get a chance to call you guys yesterday, but I just wanted to call in, congratulate us, man. It feels good to be part of the fan base, and let's just see what happens on Sunday. Thanks for having me, man. I yep. appreciate you. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, according to Mark Grody of The Score, uh, the Bears safety uh, Jaquan Brisker uh, had some things to say about the Green Bay Packers even after the game was over. Brisker, a second-year, uh, second-round pick, told Mark Grody that he thought the Bears' game plan for Green Bay's receiver was poor because taking uh, pot shots, uh, he was taking pot shots at the Packers after the fact. Uh, Brisker felt like he could have tightened up the receivers a lot more than we did today. We gave them too much room and really had no respect for them at all, just to be honest. And the reporter then said, well, why? He said, nobody over there. No respect. They have no stars over there. 
they try to play a little fake tough. And then the reporter said to Brisker, what's fake tough? Brisker said, just doing extra stuff after the play, grabbing people's face masks after the play and things like that, just doing a lot of things dirty uh, to get us flagged for stuff like that. It's not the first time that he's made, uh, Brisker's made himself the villain against the Packers and Packers fans. And after losing uh, to the team in week one, Brisker said that the Green Bay starting quarterback was just Jordan Love and nobody special. The same thing, nothing special. Jordan Love had 300 yards passing uh, to cap off the Bears' 23, uh, 2023 campaign. Brisker also called Green Bay soft during the Monday night football game against the Raiders uh, earlier this season. Before the season opener against the Packers, he had the following to say about the matchup. He said, I'm waiting, I'm itching. Uh, it's Packers week, so I know it's going to live, be live in the stadium. You know, fans everywhere, it's going to be loud. People hate Green Bay. I hate Green Bay, so I can't wait. They didn't get to me last year. Uh, they are going to get to me this year. And the Packers actually brought in Brisker for a pre-draft visit back in 2022. They did not draft him. But he said that the Packers receiving core is fake, tough, and soft. Even after they got beat last night. That coming out today um, via the Chicago Tribune. I know the Acme Packing Company had the article and such as well. But calls the Packers receiving core fake, tough. Fake, tough. Everything to me like bitter apple. Well, everything he said might be true. Like maybe they did have a bad game plan and maybe they should have been more aggressive. And maybe the Packers wide receivers were John and, and doing all that stuff, which is fine. I love that. Maybe all that's true, but you can't say it after you lose again. Right. You got to, you got to keep it to yourself, right? You can't right. be the one to preach that message after you lose again, after talking smack going into the game again, over yeah, and over you, and over. You, I completely agree. You can't say it again. You, and again, you're saying it after the fact, and they beat you. And if, if it was easier to get up and play man or take a couple of shots or throw your physicality around, why didn't you? And that's the other thing. Why didn't you? So, um, anyway, long story short is I would uh, – if I'm brisker, I just uh, – you know, you can keep talking, but until you actually back it up, uh, your, your bravado is beginning to fall, you know, on deaf ears. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. And Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to be here. We'll talk with him about what we saw yesterday and he saw yesterday as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing, brewing excellence since 1857. Raise yourself a lager, my friends, or a cider boys or a snow pilot, whatever it is from Point Brewing in Stevens Point. Raise one. Today, you got a victory glass full. Hopefully, we're raising one next weekend as well. But I'll tell you this. I'll raise one anyway. You know why? Because like I said, no, no expectations, no pressure. Just go and enjoy the game. That is our friends at Point Brewing, uh, Stevens Point, brewing excellence since 1857. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. say thanks to our friends at Kunis, K-U-N-E-S, Kunis RV, automotive, trucks, commercial. They got it all, and they're growing all throughout the great state of Wisconsin. The automotive side, they're in Madison, Stoughton, Barnaville, Elkhorn, Lake Geneva, Platteville. They're in Milwaukee now as well, a couple of different locations. The RV side, they're all over the state of Wisconsin. For everything, you all your needs, for great interest rates, uh, maybe for even bad credit, they can get you done. Uh, give them a shout. Uh, go to shop, S-H-O-P, shopcunis, shopcunis.com. That is shopcunis.com. 
Again, go to shopcunis.com and get hold of our friends over there at Cunis Automotive because they got it going on, and they, uh, they are big supporters of the program, big supporters of Fisher House, Wisconsin as well. There you go. Uh, let's now go to Eric Baranchek. EB's joining us from the Green Bay Press-Gazette and the uh, After Further Review podcast with our uh, friends over there at uh, Pete Doherty and such from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Eric, how you doing, pal? Oh, I am doing fantastic. You know, you, you sit up all night and watch uh, video, but uh, today it feels pretty good to be tired, doesn't it? It does. Um, so let's start with the offensive side of the football because – The question is, what do the Packers need to do to beat Dallas? Now, the Packers did a lot of things and have done a lot of things over the last few weeks well, and I think the play calling has been good. I think the motion, the movement, the fact that they've been able to establish the run, which has opened up the passing game, and there's there's a lot of things that are good. There's not a lot of flaws right now. You know what I mean? No, I I hear you. You know, it's two things. We've all focused on the development of the wide receiver group, and and once Dobbs went down yesterday – I mean, they had basically all rookies out there playing wide receiver, and they still were good. Uh, so, so that is important. I think the, the one part that's kind of neglected is the offensive line play. Early in the season, their offensive line play was just, you know, below average at best, right? You know, they couldn't, they couldn't, their pass blocking was poor. And if you look now, uh, their pass blocking is, I mean, there was one time that, Love got sacked yesterday, and he hung on to the ball. It was really evident. It was like three and a three-quarter second and he, when he got sacked, and, and he was just standing there. He was waiting for something to develop downfield. His outlet guy was sitting in the flat there with no one within seven yards. It probably would have been contested, but probably first down rather than a sack. So that you couple that with the fact that all of a sudden they're tight ends, and this is the other part that nobody's really talking about that is that just jumped out yesterday, is their tight ends are blocking really good right now. They do that split zone where they pull the tight end, you know, so so they kind of everybody down blocks and then they pull the tight end, kick up the end man on the line of scrimmage. Beginning part of the year, Tucker Kraft, Musgrave, it didn't matter who it was, they pretty much got worked on that. And now you're seeing Tucker Kraft last week put Daniil Hunter on his backside and taking sweat and riding him down the line of scrimmage. And what does that happen? What happens there? You get Aaron Jones who could put his foot in the ground at plus three rather than minus two or three in the backfield. And that turns into 12 to 15 yards. And it's really, really good right now. And Sims, I know he's, he, you know, you don't really know much about him, but that gentleman is blocking very good as well. So you got the tight ends that are cleaning things up on, at the line of scrimmage. Your offensive line is is pass blocking out of their minds right now, and you got some receivers. You got weapons on offense. So they asked me the question: What do they need to do different like to to beat Dallas? Nothing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, okay, let's start with uh, the uh, the defensive side of the football. Yesterday I saw Rashawn Gary bit one time. Uh, the rest of the time I saw them pretty much setting the edge. They tried to keep Justin Fields in the pocket. They did a pretty good job at that. I didn't see anybody getting really sucked in. But to me it was fundamentally, first of all, they're playing more man coverage. They are blitzing, and they're also putting pressure on the quarterback. They're bringing four, they're bringing five. But also, fundamentally, just tackling-wise, they're so much more fundamentally sound over the last few weeks. Oh, man, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, you know, it was really interesting because 
for some reason, and I, you know, I don't know what it is, communication, whatever, guys wanting to get into the Pro Bowl, they wanted to get contracts. I'm not quite sure, but it seemed like once they got past the Chiefs, it was just, I'm getting sacks. That, that's the only thing they were worried about. Or, the, you know, but when you watch them play the last last week and specifically this week, it looked more like when they played the Chiefs. Where, and you saw it. It was really evident where they were coming upfield and then, bang, they put the brakes on at the top of the quarterback's drop. Uh, the one play, it almost looks like Gary falls down because he's, he's, he's rushing upfield in typical fashion. He probably goes behind the quarterback. And he just, you just saw him put his, his foot in the ground. And he fell backwards and got a, a quarterback tackle right, for falling down on his butt, you know, so, but it was, you saw that that's the way they played and they wanted to hem him in because obviously, you know, he can hurt you with his legs. He can keep drives alive. And that's what he had done recently when he had success is getting him out, getting, fields getting out of the pocket and fields running to pick up first downs to keep drives alive. And instead what the Packers did, extremely disciplined up front they twisted with the inside guys so that the two tackles are trading places or one guy's diving down the other guy's looping behind it for if you're watching on tv the other part that was really exciting was you saw them hemming in and and then quay walker just eyes up front waiting for him to move and when he tried to come down into a gap quay was there to nail him so it was very very good um with the way that they schemed the front end of it and the back end of it you know heck that they they played pretty solid, probably the best that they've seen, played in a while. Now there may be some limitations there with the with the Bears uh, receivers, but you know what? It was it, it worked, and I think one of the things that they have to understand, or one of the things they need to do, is just have comfort in the way that their secondary plays, and because it seemed like they got away from being comfortable back there, and they wanted to keep everything over the top. So I'm talking the middle, you know, the last after the Chiefs game where they're just playing off coverage and keeping everything in front of them just rely on those guys to get in the right spots and do the right things and get after the quarterback. And I think the last two weeks you've seen more of that and hopefully that continues on into Dallas. Uh, the one area of concern I know a lot of people seem to have is Anders Carlson still missing field goals. And this was not something that was a 57 yarder. This was somewhat of a chip shot for him. And I went back and looked at it. He just missed it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and talk about the negativity side of things because right now you're kind of riding and playing with house money going into Dallas, but what do they do at the end of the year? To me, I just would bring in a bunch of different kickers and let the mess band win. Well, he's a rookie, so there's some of that. You know, you could go back to the play before that and say, Jordan Love, you took an eight-yard sack that you, when you should have dumped it off to your guy in the flat. So that's the first thing. I, as a coach, first of all, I don't like kickers anyway, so as, you know, as a coach, I would right. say, you got to get that ball out of your stinking hand and then, it, then that field goal, even if it is a field goal, it's, a, it's you know, 13 yards closer than making him or trotting, trotting this rookie out there in the cold and make him do it. I, I, I think he's going to be okay for sure. You've got to bring in competition uh, during OTAs and during training camp and let him, you know, let him feel some heat that way. Uh, but I, I think when you look at it, I, I don't think it's it's terrible. I, I don't think you just throw the baby out with the bathwater there. You know, because I saw some stuff last night, and I didn't dig into it too deep, but he's pretty similar to Mason Crosby's rookie season, and he turned out to be a pretty good kicker. So I'm not interested in throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, but, yes, absolutely, you got to bring in some competition. Um, let me ask you about Matt LaFleur and the play calling because it has been – I don't know what the change has been or maybe he's getting more comfortable, 
But the mix has been good. The motion has been good. The sets have been good. What have you seen that's been different? Blocking. They're blocking better. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. I mean, the, the first couple of weeks uh, of the season, you saw those tight ends just getting worked. And even as a you know, but now Kraft and Sims are blocking very good. And that's some of the pieces that you're going to need. If you're gonna, they put that tight end for mo- in motion for a reason. Either you're going to block the end man on the line of scrimmage, and then later on in the game, you're just going to let him walk past that guy and you're going to throw it to him. So there's a handful of things that they're doing, but it all starts with blocking up front. They're, they're not only are they pass blocking, but their run blocking has been pretty good. They, you know, with the injection of, of uh, Ryan um, and you see 63 with, you know, uh, Wallace is out there making or Walker, excuse me, he, he has progressed as a pass blocker. It is all coming together at the right time, and that's what makes this team dangerous going into Dallas. And, and you know, play calling, whatever, if you can't execute up front and your quarterback's got to run around, I don't care what play you call, it ain't going to work. So the offensive line is coming together just as fast or just as good as the, the wide receivers are, have come together at this point in the season. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Now, going into Dallas, and I have not sat down and watched a ton of like film now on Dallas, but from what I've watched over the season, they're susceptible to the run. Uh, if you get to Dak Prescott, you can rattle him, and their biggest downfield threat is CeeDee Land. I, I don't necessarily worry a lot about Tony Pollard, but they can hit Jake Ferguson, their tight end, quite often. Obviously, Micah Parsons is a beast, and you're going to have to figure out a way to kind of contain him to keep him off of Jordan Love. But this is not a team – I mean, when you look at their home record, yeah, they're undefeated at home, but they really only played one, maybe two teams with a decent record, and that was uh, Philadelphia, and then obviously we know what happened against the Detroit Lions. So this is a team that can get got down there in Big D. For sure, and I think the, the key is going to be short passing at the beginning of the game uh, to get those linebackers and safety screaming up and then start running. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I get a little nervous about throwing, throwing deep right now, uh, against them, you got to run deep routes and try to hit things over the middle because he's, you know, the, those guys like to those guys like to pick the ball off, uh, and uh, that scares me a little bit. But I, I so I, I think what I would do if it were my offense, I'm going to run short passes, quick passes, things like that to get them safety, start rocking forward, and then we're going to run. And again, more importantly, get that defensive line coming upfield and then run run between them. Uh, and I think they're set up to do it in the running style that Aaron. Uh, Jones has really works well for that because you can really make guys over pursue. He can put a foot in the ground and then bend it upfield. So for me, looking at it, it's going to be ball control offense and just try to stay methodical and run, eventually run the football. And most importantly, they can't have turnovers. You know, Jordan Love seems to be a quick learner and a good student. So, you know, that fumble that he had in the third quarter there, certainly I'm sure he's going to learn from that. And that, that just can't happen Dallas because that'll, that'll get you beat. So they have to put pressure on, on Dallas to make mistakes on offense uh, and get Dak Prescott to put the ball on the ground and throw one up. I think it's going to be a similar game plan where I want Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott in the pocket and make him beat me with his arm and not with his legs and then can't have turnovers on offense. And I think they'll, they, they, it'll be a good game. I, I, I see them – I mean, this is a game where they can win. And I think it would be it'll be interesting to see if the lights are too bright for some of those young guys, or if they just are settled down and just go about business. So let, let me ask you this: uh, you know, we've talked a little bit today about you know the Packers in the past. Remember, they had like a, a three or four week stretch where they were knocking coaches out, and that was back when Mike McCarthy was here. 
What would the irony be is if this loss, if, say, the Packers go in, play with house money, and they get a win and knock Mike McCarthy out? I mean, I I can only imagine the storylines, and I know Jerry Jones hasn't given him the full support yet because they're waiting for to see what the postseason or the postseason brings. But Dak Prescott's his record in the postseason is not great, and man, what would the irony be if the the Packers would go in and actually knock off Mike McCarthy? Oh, well, that's where McCarthy won the Super Bowl too. So that's there's a right. lot there. You know, there's a lot of stories into this football game. It it certainly would be uh, God. That was that would really be that would really be something. That would be very that you know I never thought about it until you just mentioned it right now and. That would be a difficult spot, you know, because if they lose, you could probably imagine that that team's coming down, right? What do you think? Right. No, I agree. Uh-huh. I, I just, I, I, I would just, I started thinking about the irony, and I just remember for a while there, it was like every time the Packers got a win, Mike McCarthy and company were the reasons why, and that that a coach was losing his job, and now all of a sudden you've got Mike McCarthy, who nothing has been solidified, who has to win in the postseason, according to Jerry Jones. And what would the irony be if they indeed went in and knocked off Mike McCarthy and company? I mean, oh. the irony there would be amazing. Yeah, it would be. So here's the question that I got posed, and I'm going to ask you. Does, does the performance of the defense the last couple of weeks, does that save Joe Barry, or is it just a foregone conclusion? I think it's a foregone conclusion. That's my opinion. Yeah. And the reason I, I say that is because if, if, if it saves his job, to me the question would then be, why did it take you until week 15 to all of a sudden wake up and realize you needed to put pressure on quarterbacks? You needed to have guys moving around. We saw some stunts. We saw middle linebacker blitzes. Why did it take so long to play this way? I don't know. The head coach got involved. That's probably be the biggest thing. I don't know. It's interesting. Right. Yep. Weird. No, I completely agree. Great stuff as always, pal. Look forward to talking to you next week and breaking it down. Hopefully a, a couple more times, but at least one more yeah. time. That's for sure. It'd be great if they get one more one more out of this. It'd be fun. But thanks a no lot doubt. for having me on. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoy Absolutely, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press. Because that joining us for a couple of minutes, great stuff from him. As always, great stuff from EB. Good stuff there. Uh, 877-867-1670. Don't forget we got the watch party coming up. Green and Gold Watch Party. Coming up down at uh, the Nice Ash Cigar Bar, we're going to be da- downtown Waukesha. They don't serve food, so you can buy food from some of the other areas. Some of the uh, we're going to support the local businesses down there, which I think is a tremendous idea. They're going to have our friends from Point Brewing on hand. Uh, they got Steel Tank on Tapper down there as well, which is another terrific sponsor of our and a small craft brewery veteran owned here in the state of Wisconsin. So you're going to have a couple of our sponsors down there. You're going to have our friends from the Nice Ash that are going to be there. We're going to be doing the Green and Gold Post Game Show there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. This portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. The new year is here, and uh, we're right around the corner from opening up the new sports book. The Rock and Bruce is open, all the different the street eats, all the different food joints they have in that place, not to mention gaming, slots, bingo. It's all back, it's all good, it's all raring to go. And then the hotel stay on top of it. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. back the bill michaels show continuing on 
877-867-1670. I want to remind you about our friends at One Collision County Line. They're in Menominee Falls, and they did a fantastic job on my car. I got into a little bit of a fender bender. I was uh, hit uh, on the side, the rear side. And they did a fantastic job working with the insurance companies, getting it all done. And, I mean, every, everything's perfect. The lines on the on the vehicle are perfect. The gaps are perfect. Everything was just done to a T. And uh, everything they cleaned up, they fixed, they repaired. Uh, beautiful, beautiful work. And if you're watching on the live stream, that's my vehicle. So you get a chance to kind of see the work that they did. But that it's awesome. And they just do such fantastic work over there again. One collision county line. We know this time tomorrow we got the Great White Death showing up, and we hope that you never need that type of assistance. But if you do, God forbid somebody runs into you tomorrow, or maybe you knock into a guardrail, or you slide into something you shouldn't. Hopefully you don't, but if you do, they're there. One collision county line, Menominee Falls. Call them two six two two five one seventeen hundred. Just remember one collision. Hopefully you're not in one, but one collision county line. One collision county line. 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. That is one collision county line. Good stuff from our friend uh, Eric Baranchek uh, of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. A lot to kind of chew on there. This one's from Jeffrey in Dallas and says, uh, Hey, Bill, I 100% agree with you. The Packers are playing with house money. Everybody seems to think that this is some kind of a big game for Mike McCarthy to beat the Green Bay Packers. To me, it's just about Dak Prescott getting a win in the postseason and getting ready for the next opponent. It's hard being a Cowboys fan and a Packers fan. Our house is divided. Uh, But I'm looking forward to the Green Bay Packers coming into Dallas and hopefully getting a win. I am a Packers fan. My wife is a Dallas Cowboys fan. My kids are Cowboys fan. But my youngest son is a Packers fan. I don't know how many kids he has. He says, so we will all be loud and proud coming up on Sunday regardless, but really looking forward to the postgame show. Hopefully we're talking about a lot of a lot of joy in Packers Nation. Uh, boy, what a great email. Thank you very much, and thanks for listening to us down in Dallas. Good stuff. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, uh, go ahead and do it again, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, Annie Herman uh, put up a, a cool post. He s- talks about, uh, Jordan Love, the, quote, spinner of the pigskin. There was a lot of stuff that Andy Herman put up uh, over the last 24 hours when you look at some of the different plays that uh, Aaron – or not Aaron Jones, but uh, Jordan Love has made. And Jordan Love is – even when his footwork isn't perfect, he's gotten better and more comfortable at throwing the football. And th- this I made a note of yesterday. The – Jordan Love does not have that – send you home with a bullet and the crisscross of the football, you know, markings in your chest type of arm. But he has gotten more comfortable and has gotten better touch on the football than what we saw earlier this year. Again, he's not going to be a guy. I mean, every now and then he'll wind up and put it in there. And, you know, you'll hear the word bullet and laser, which is good. But he's gotten really good at just putting a touch on the football and just dropping it into the right bucket, the right area at the right time. And I 100% agree that he's he's become kind of the spinner of the pigskin, as Andy Herman states. Hang in there. we got two more. Two hours down. That fast. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.